Hey guys, I want to thank you for joining me today on The Father's Heart. Uh, my name is Dave Campbell Jr. And I hope that today, uh, after listening, you're challenged, you're blessed, and you're encouraged in the Lord. And everything that I'm going to share with you as I spend time with the Lord, as I pray, as I seek Him, as I spend time in His Word, these are the things that I simply want to share with you. And I pray it's a blessing to you. God bless. Well, guys, I want to thank you for uh, joining me today, and today I want to look at the topic of mental illness and Christianity. Mental illness is something that is often not talked about in the church. Often it's ignored. Um, I think oftentimes people, when they think about mental illness, when they think about depression, bipolar, schizophrenia, uh, somebody's diagnosed as psychotic. Um, often, especially with, you know, many of these uh, forms of mental illness, people oftentimes will think of it as weakness. They will worry about what other people are going to say about me. And people really don't understand a lot about mental illness. And people all throughout the Bible dealt with different uh, times of depression, uh, different times when their mind, their heart, their spirit were overwhelmed, and um, when we are going through times like that, we need to understand that, number one, no matter what our, our feelings tell us, it doesn't mean just because we feel that maybe God isn't there, it doesn't mean that he's forsaken us. And even David in Psalm 43, 5 says, Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. And David himself was a man who experienced all types of emotions, feelings. I mean, here you had a guy who was anointed to be the next king of Israel. And the king at that time, Saul, uh, out of jealousy as time went on, David uh, ended up by the hand of God killing Goliath. And the people began to sing a song. Saul has killed his thousands, David has killed his ten thousands, and Saul was overcome with jealousy uh, when, when he looked at David. And on different occasions, Saul tried to take his life, and then Saul just began to chase after David. And what David didn't understand when he was running from Saul is that it was actually part of the preparation process that God was using to formulate the character within him to be the king that he was called to be. David was anointed to be the next king of Israel as a teenager, but his character was not yet developed. And oftentimes what I have learned with God is that where God um, truly develops someone, their, their character and refining them, pruning them, is often in the very difficult things that we go through. And, <clears throat> you know, when you look at mental illness, you know, the, what the world would say, what the medical community would say, you talk about depression, you talk about all these things. The medical community would say that all these things are life sentences. I mean, people who deal with mental illness, they begin to identify themselves based on their mental illness, based on what a doctor has told them. And I believe a big part of that is we, we live in a Western society that the word of a doctor is seen as the highest word in the land. And oftentimes, even in many of our churches, the supernatural part of God um, the deep spiritual things of God have just been ignored and passed over. 
And one of the things that's very clear from the Bible is that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is God still heals today. Um, throughout the Old Testament, there were different times when God healed. During Jesus' earthly ministry, there were many, many accounts of his healing, all types of forms of disease, uh, casting out demons, healing the lame, healing the sick, healing the deaf, healing the blind. And even the apostles, when Jesus went back to be with the Father, the apostles empowered by the Holy Spirit, Jesus told them that you'll not only do the same things I have done, but you'll do greater things. And that promise was not only for the apostles, that promise was for the body of Christ. It was for disciples in general, anyone who would follow after Jesus Christ. And I personally, um, in my life, when I was 18 years old, I went through, uh, I, I, I went into a, a deep, deep depression. Um, at that time, based on a lie of the enemy, I thought I had blasphemed the Holy Spirit. And if you know anything about uh, the Word of God, if you know anything about the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, Jesus said that all sins can be forgiven except for one, the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Now, when Jesus was speaking those words, he was speaking to uh, Pharisees. He was speaking to religious leaders of the day. He was not speaking to Christians. And I believe in all of my heart that if somebody is a born-again believer, they're sealed by the Holy Spirit, they're saved by the grace of God, it's impossible for them to blaspheme the Holy Spirit. But as a young man, I thought I had blasphemed the Holy Spirit. I thought I lost my salvation. So I entered into this incredible depression. Um, and over the next eight years of my life, it impacted me at different times. Um, over the next eight years, from the time I was 18 to the time I was 26, I would go through different cycles of very, very deep depression. I would end up in psychiatric hospitals. Uh, they would put me on antidepressants. I went through ECT treatments. And all because I thought I had lost my salvation. I thought that the plans, the purposes that God had for me, that they were over because of choices I have made and things that I have done. And really what I came to understand is that God was teaching me about the depths of his grace uh, through that entire experience. Because... You know, I, I'm somebody that comes from a uh, charismatic Pentecostal background. And when I was growing up, I would often hear people talk about uh, feeling the presence of the Lord. So I came under the understanding that if I can feel God's presence, then that means the Lord is there with me. But then all of a sudden, when I began to go through the depths of the depression that I went through, um, I no longer could feel anything. Uh, I would try to read the Word. It, it just... My mind was so overwhelmed with confusion that nothing made sense. And so I was in the depths of depression. I was suicidal. I was in psychiatric hospitals. Uh, as I said, I went through ECT treatment. And, and for anybody who has dealt with mental illness, people who have dealt with mental illness understand that mental illness is one of the greatest levels of pain that you can experience. It's not pain like physical pain, like where I injure my arm and I can take a and a leave or a Tylenol or an Advil, and I can feel better. Mental illness is all-consuming. It consumes not only your mind, it consumes your heart, it consumes your body, it touches every part of your being. And one of the things that I think is very, very important to understand, we talk about mental illness, because, you know, some people, especially in the medical establishment community, who uh, don't believe that there's a spiritual aspect to humanity, many times when they look to deal with mental illness, people from an, uh, 
people who are not believers in Christ, people who are unbelievers, when they look to treat mental illness, the way they'll attack it is not only uh, dealing with what's going on in the mind, but they believe that through medication that, you know, you can manage uh, the depression, you can manage whatever the mental illness is. And they just look at the body, they look at the mental, they look at uh, just, just that part of humanity. But when we look at uh, the, the humanity through the eyes of Almighty God, through his word, we know that the way someone is created is that they are body, soul, and spirit. Now, uh, body is your physical body. Your soul is your mind, will, and emotions, and your spirit is your spirit. And, and what we are as human beings is that we are actually spiritual beings um, experiencing life through a physical body. But the thing about the way that God has created us that reflects who he is, is that we are a three-part being, but we are all in one. Like every part of our being, our mind, our body, and our spirit, they are all interconnected. So if there's something uh, that happens to us spiritually, it's going to affect our mind and our body. If something happens to our body, it's going to affect our entire being. And if something happens to our mind, it's going to have an impact on our physical body and also our spiritual life. And this is where we come to, you know, mental illness. We talk about spiritual warfare because when you look at humanity, one of the things the devil understands, now the devil does not have the power, the capability to read anybody's mind. Um, Satan, Satan himself and, and demons, lying, fallen angels, they are limited in what they are able to do. And so Satan has taken the time. The thing about Satan is Satan is highly intelligent. Uh, he is well organized when it comes to uh, powers and principalities, as Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 6, starting um, in the section verse 10, where he begins to talk about spiritual warfare. And Satan has uh, taken time to really study humanity, um, examine you know how people operate. And one of the things that the devil has come to understand is that if you capture the heart, the, if you capture the mind of an individual, you can place that individual in slavery. And so this is why we talk about mental illness. When you look at mental illness and really the root of mental illness, and and what it is. Why people, I, I truly believe, because of what I experienced and what I've gone through, mental illness at its core, the source of all of it, is based on the lies and deceptions of Satan. And so if someone is going to come to a place of restoration healing, where they're going to move beyond the mental illness, it's not going to identify them, uh, it's not going to place them in bondage, it's not going to place them in prison, then it has to be done through the truth of God's word. Jesus says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. The Bible tell, the word of God tells us that the, the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. Paul talks about the demolishing of strongholds. And, and all of these lies, deceptions that Satan establishes in the heart and the mind of someone, they are strongholds. They oftentimes begin with different thoughts that a person uh, has goes through their mind and how a stronghold is developed in somebody's mind and their heart is that when Satan plants a seed and that person begins to meditate on it, that person begins to think on it, and then that person begins to believe it, it then begins to take authority over the person's life and it begins to encompass everything that they are. 
And I know for myself, when I went through uh, incredible deep depression, it was based on the lie of Satan. The whole, the whole uh, deception of that I had blasphemed the Holy Spirit, that I had ruined God's plan for my life, that you know there was no hope for me, and all of it was based on a lie. But here's the thing about deception. Here's the thing about lies, is that they seem like they're true. They have they 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 are half truths. There is an aspect of them when you look at them that they truly look as if it's legit. But then when you really, really begin to examine it, you pull it apart, you see that it is a lie for what it is. And so many, many people today who are in psychiatric hospitals, who are under the care of doctors, and I know these doctors are doing the very best that they can, but the problem is, is, is with mental illness, if all you do is treat it with medication, and if all you do is treat it with human wisdom, then what you are doing is you are merely trying to manage something when God actually wants to set somebody free. And there are many, many people throughout congregations throughout the United States who are dealing with mental illness. And the problem is that a lot of pastors don't talk about this. And one of the reasons I think that a lot of pastors don't talk about it is, number one, some of them don't understand it. Some of them have never gone through mental illness. And, and also there's a lot of wrong beliefs when it comes to mental illness. You know, everybody, when you talk about mental illness, there's people out there that, that believe that every time somebody's mentally ill, they're possessed by a demon. That's not true either. But I will say that there is such a thing as, there is such a thing as demonic possession. But here's the thing. If somebody is a believer in Christ, they can't be possessed by a demon. Because if the Spirit of God lives inside of somebody, their brand new creation, the person can't be possessed by a demon. But can a person be... Um, oppressed by a demon? Can a person be severely attacked by a demon? And the answer to that question is yes. And so if a person is going through mental illness and the enemy can convince them of something that's not true and they believe it's true and they begin to build their life on, on that lie, that deception, that they begin to live in slavery and they don't even know it. And honestly, um, as I said before, coming from a uh, charismatic Pentecostal background. I, I truly believe when you look in the book of Acts, um, when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost and throughout the book of Acts, you know, we see people when they are filled with the Holy Spirit, they speak in other tongues. And, you know, now in some Pentecostal circles, people will say, well, for a person to be saved, they have to speak in tongues, and that's not biblical either. But I believe the ability to uh, pray in the Spirit as Paul lays it out, because Paul talks about in Ephesians chapter 6 and then also um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, Paul uh, gives a distinction, and especially in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, Paul gives a distinction between praying in the Spirit and praying in understanding. And one of the, the important things when you're dealing with the enemy and overcoming the enemy, I believe, is praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues. That's what I believe. When I when I read the scriptures and I interpret what Paul wrote, when I interpret what the Holy Spirit lays out, I truly believe in the scriptures that when it talks about praying in the Spirit, it is not only talking about being led by the Spirit, because you can pray in your understanding. You can pray in the language you understand and your limiting understanding. There's things the Holy Spirit can reveal to you. But when you're praying also in the Spirit, 
that there are things that are beyond our limited understanding, that it's the Spirit who gives us utterance. And we, we pray in other tongues, and the Holy Spirit enables us to pray the will of God because the Spirit of God knows the mind of the Father. So, you know, today, and, and I think uh, through these different podcasts, I'm going to be, um, I just feel in my heart that God is, is leading me to do a, a bunch when it has to do with mental illness. But what I want to say today, um, just bringing this to a close, is that if you're somebody who is a Christian and you are struggling with mental illness, number one, I don't want you to don't want you to think that there's something wrong with you. Uh, I don't want you to think that God's upset with you, God's angry with with you, that somehow you're a weak Christian. Because no matter what we go through in our life, we know that those who love God and are called according to His purposes, that He'll work all things together for their good. And Jesus never said to us that in this life that it was going to be easy. Jesus actually said in this world that we would have trouble, but he said to fear not, he has overcome the world. And even the Apostle Paul himself went through um, incredible uh, trials. And when you go through mental illness, when you are going through a season of mental illness, it is overwhelming. It touches every part of your being. But know today that God has a plan for your life. Know today that God desires to use your struggle to develop within you the character and the nature of Christ. That God today wants to take the pain that you're experiencing, develop within you a deep level of compassion, which you'll be able to minister to other people. Because now that I look back on my life, one of the greatest blessings that God ever gave me was to go through the season of depression that I went through for about eight years. At that time, it didn't make any sense. It happened in my late teens, my early 20s. And, you know, most people, when they're going through that period of life, it's an exciting part of their life. They look back on it. They remember it. You know, there were so many awesome things that happened. For me, I ended up um, coming out of high school because that happened my senior year. I had a full scholarship to wrestle, uh, Division One. Because of the depression, I couldn't, and I had to give up the scholarship. And I ended up transferring schools like six times just because I didn't, I was like in this this wilderness. I was in this place of confusion. And it was extremely painful. It was extremely humbling. But God used it all for his glory. And today I know that I would not be the the man, the husband, the father, uh, the pastor that God has called me to be if it, if that wasn't part of the journey. And so today, this, this, uh, this, this podcast is really to encourage you to understand that if you're dealing with mental illness, understand you're not alone, but also understand it doesn't define you, that if you're in Christ, you're a brand new creation, and God has a purpose, God has a plan in everything that we go through, because we're saved by the grace of God. It's God who chooses us, it's God who calls us, it's not like we come and we find God by accident. When we find Jesus Christ, it's God who's pursuing us, and it's God who opens up our eyes to see the truth. And so today, I just want to leave you with this, that um, God has a purpose in the pain. And, you know, also, uh, at a different time, I'll talk, you know, as far as medication, mental illness, and Christianity. I'll be talking about that at a different time, and just things as God lays them on my heart. But understand today that, you know, the people that God has put in your life, 
He's put there to help you. He's put there to encourage you. And, you know, sometimes when you go through mental illness, there's a period of time where the medication that you're given helps to stabilize what you're going through. I mean, today I'm not on any medications, but when I was going through all the mental illness that I went through, uh, that medication that I went through helped to stabilize me as a person because it was debilitating. It was overwhelming. I just, I couldn't, you know, I just had nothing. God was just totally uh, breaking me down. And God is not the author of confusion. He's not the author of disease. But God will use everything that Satan has planned for his goodness and his glory because God's in control. So guys, I want to thank you for uh, taking the time to join me. And, and what I always want to do on, on these uh, podcasts is I just want to pray for you and just encourage you. So Father, I just come before you. And Lord, I thank you uh, for every season of life. I thank you for all that we face on this earth. And and Father, tonight I pray for any person uh, who has listened to this, who is dealing with mental illness, Father, who's in a season in their life in which you are shaping them, you're forming them, that your hand's on them. Father, I just pray that they would know that you've not given up on them. I pray they would know that there is a purpose in the pain. Father, help them to see the truth. Father, break every stronghold of Satan in the name of Jesus. Father, touch their hearts, touch their their lives, Lord God. I pray your blessing abundantly upon them. Father, fill them with your spirit, O God, and, and move mightily, Father. But Father, today we just thank you. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives. I thank you for everyone who listened to this. And so, Father, we just conclude all this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. So, guys, God bless you. Uh, continue to press on in Christ. Continue to press through. Know that every day is a brand new day. God has called us to, to take it one step at a time. And just know that the hand of God is upon your life. God bless you.